we're going to continue talking about freedom, and, and we're going to talk about loving and serving, but I, I want to just start by praying with you. Dear Lord, I pray that um, you would be with us this morning, and I pray that no matter what's going on around us, I pray that we would experience the freedom that you offer us through the sacrifice that you made on a cross. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the freedom you offer us. But today, Lord, I pray that you would call us to live free, not to be chained up, not to be selfish, but to be free and to love others. And so I just pray as we look into your word today, Lord, that that you would stir our hearts, that you would call us to a deeper relationship that would lead us to love others. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in thy name. Amen. Well, it's 4th of July weekend. You guys got big plans? Nod your head if you got big plans for 4th of July. Come on. Let's get some light. You guys are dead. Come on. Get with it. Tell your neighbor what you're doing this weekend. Come on. Talk to somebody. All right. I hear, I hear some life out there. That's good. Maybe you've got a barbecue. Anyone got a barbecue you're going to? Okay. I'm... That was one. That's good. We got one barbecue. Anyone going to see fireworks? All right. All right, well, I want to talk a little bit. It's 4th of July weekend. We live in a great country. This is an awesome place to live, and I want to start by talking about our country, the United States of America. It's only appropriate that we would start with America on 4th of July weekend, right? And so if you remember back to week one, When we first started this series on freedom, I asked a question. I said, what do you think of when you think of the word freedom? And several people said, what? America. America. This is the the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? How many of you, um, so I'm just thinking when, when I was a kid, like the hot thing to say was, it's a free country. Like if you were saying something or doing something that your brother or sister didn't like, you'd say, it's a free country, I can do it. Did any of you say that? Be honest. Come on. All right, yeah, I I said it a few times. We we are a free country. America was built on freedom, and that's what we celebrate this weekend. But what does it mean when we say that America is a free country? For, For some reason, I think it doesn't mean that it's for little kids to say, it's a free country, I can do what I want to. What does it mean? Well, I was looking at the the Constitution. I don't look at the Constitution very often, but I looked at the Constitution um, this week as I was preparing. In the preamble to the Constitution, the Founding Fathers wrote this before the Constitution. It says this, We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. So this is the preamble to our Constitution. Let's recap that real quick. What did that tell us? Number one, in order to form a more perfect union... That's what this is all about. In order to form a more perfect union together, we establish this Constitution. And through it, we establish justice. We ensure tranquility, peace, 
We provide for the common defense, taking care of each other, defending each other. We promote the general welfare, taking care of each other, making sure that we're all okay, and to secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. This doesn't seem like the selfish kid saying, it's a free country, I can do whatever I want, does it? This is about a perfect union. This is about coming together and being unified as a country. The freedom that we talk about, the freedom that we celebrate this weekend, is not a selfish freedom for you to do whatever you want no matter how it affects anyone else. The freedom that we celebrate this weekend is the fact that our country is a beautiful place where we're free to love and exist together and help each other out, to create a more perfect union. Let me ask you a question. I don't want to be too negative, but do you think it would be fair to say that some of the stuff happening in our country right now isn't what our founding fathers had in mind when they established the freedom of our country? I mean, we're, we're praying for America today with, with um, the, the um, I, I just totally forgot what it's called, the call to, call to fall. We're, we're praying together for our country. Why? Because there's a lot of brokenness in our country. There's a lot of stuff that's going wrong. And I, the, this is a great country. We are founded on great values. But there's a lot of stuff going on that, that shouldn't be going on. Think about this. There's hatred How often do you see hatred, whether it's from individuals or whether it's groups of people that hate another group? Politically, there's disunity, there's brokenness in our political system where two sides and maybe more just absolutely can't get along to the point that even sometimes our representatives from one side or the other have more their own party's interests and mine than the countries. There's, there's, a, there's some brokenness in our system. What about the biased and unethical journalism? The hot word these days is fake news. Who knows if what you're reading is real or not real? You just never know. It seems like the standard of telling the truth has gone away. What about, what about blaming? And I'm not trying to be one-sided here. Let's just be honest. If, if the party that you represent is in office, then you're taking credit for all the good things that are happening in the country, and guess what you're doing with all the bad things that are happening? You're blaming it on the other side, right? And vice versa, the other side is taking credit for all the good things that are happening. They're saying, that was our guy that did that, and blaming you for all the bad things. There, there's this blame game that's going on. There's this erosion of respect that we don't respect each other, we don't love each other. When I read the preamble... What I hear is perfect union, common welfare, taking care of each other, being at peace with each other. But what I see every day is a struggle where it seems like we're more against each other. It seems like we're more fighting with each other. And I can't help but think that the founding fathers and the people that fought for our country to give us this freedom... Would, would kind of be ashamed by the way we take it and use it sometimes. I don't want to be negative. This is a great country. But, but I believe there's brokenness, and that's why we need to pray for our country. The freedom that America is founded on is not a freedom that's supposed to lead to division and hatred and brokenness. It's supposed to lead to unity and peace 
and love. Well, let's turn this around for a minute, and let's talk about the church. You're sitting in a church this morning. You're a part of the church this morning. Let's talk about the church. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about the freedom that Christ gives us, that that freedom, it's very similar to what we were just talking about with America, that the freedom that Christ gives us is not freedom to do whatever you want and be selfish and get your way all the time, but that the freedom that Christ gives us is to become who God calls us to be. And there's a problem, and the church is great. Once again, I don't want to be negative, but there's a problem, because sometimes we take that freedom, the freedom that Christ gave us, and we use it and pervert it to become something that God didn't intend it to be. There are churches that split. There's hatred in churches sometimes. There's brokenness in relationships sometimes. And I personally have been at churches that have gone through splits. And so let me just explain this. This is to the point that these people worship together every week we claim to love the same God and to be free in Christ, but we get so mad at each other and we get so upset with each other that we can't worship together anymore. One of the churches that, that I went to for a while had a big church split. And when people would come back that had left in all of the frustration, people wouldn't, wouldn't even talk to them, didn't want to be around them. That's not the freedom that Christ offers us. It's not about division. It's not about brokenness. What about people that walk into the church and are pushed away because they don't see freedom? They don't see love. You guys have heard uh, my dad preach for about 15 years, and I don't know how many times he's told the story, but he talks about his father on his deathbed said, if that's what Christianity looks like, I don't want it. What's the problem there? The problem isn't God's freedom. The problem isn't that, that God doesn't offer us freedom. The problem isn't God's design. The problem is that we take that freedom to the same way in America we sometimes take freedom and distort it. We do that in the church. And so I want to ask you this morning, if, if the church is full of people that are free, free, now I'm not talking about American freedom. I'm talking about the freedom that Christ has for us. The, the fact that Christ died, loved, so, loved us so much that he died on the cross so we could be free and we didn't have to live in slavery and bondage to sin and struggle. If we are free, why is there so much brokenness? Well, let me answer that by just saying we're not perfect. We're not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. And so we're going to struggle at times. But that's not an excuse. We are called to live in the freedom that God offers us. We are called to be a people of peace and a people of love, not a people of selfishness and brokenness. A couple years ago, we were at camp meeting, and Stephen Manley was there, and he was talking, and he was talking about the perfect church. And he said, listen, if you ever find the perfect church, run away from it, because you're going to ruin it. <laughs> and what he was saying is, that doesn't exist. There isn't a perfect church, because, because we're not perfect. But that's not an excuse to live in hatred and brokenness and slavery and bondage. We are called to be free. And so let's look more at what that freedom means for us. Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 to 15 says this, 
you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now let me stop there. The flesh, remember, flesh is not your skin. That's not your physical being. The flesh is your selfish nature, your selfishness, that part of you that wants to take care of you and isn't worried about anyone else. Do not use that freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We see there in the scripture a positive and a negative and a positive and a negative. The negative comes first that do not use that to indulge your flesh but serve and love each other. That's the positive. And then it says, the whole law is summed up in one thing. Love your neighbor. That's the positive. And then the negative. But if you don't, if you bite and devour each other, you'll be destroyed. Let's, I know we're in week three. It's probably not a good time to go do background work on the text. That probably, probably would have been cool at the beginning. But, but this is an appropriate time. Galatians, this letter found in the New Testament, is written by Paul. And it's written to the churches in the area of Galatia. There's some um, disputes by scholars where exactly those churches are located. But these are churches that Paul, on his missionary journeys, worked with to start. And he taught them the gospel. And he left them in a good place. But since Paul had left them, other people had come in and started teaching a gospel that wasn't the gospel that Paul left them with. And that gospel was this. They were teaching the gospel of works. They were teaching the gospel of the flesh. That that if you worked hard enough, that if you were good enough, that if you followed the law perfectly, you could be saved. You could be free. And Paul is destroying that notion. He says it's not about what you can do. It's not about your selfishness. It's not about your acts. It's about God's love. It's about God's grace. It's about the freedom that God gives us. He points out that anything that is selfishly motivated, anything that is selfishly motivated, whether we're talking about self-righteousness, I can do it on my own, I can be good enough, I can earn my salvation, or whether it's it's self-indulgence, I'm going to get what I want, I'm going to be selfish, I'm going to get my way, anything that's selfishly motivated, anything that's selfishly motivated misses the point of the gospel. And so what's the point of the gospel? The point of the gospel is that everything you need is found in love and intimacy with the Father, and it's freely given to you. All you need, you don't need to be perfectly obedient to a law, you don't need to earn it on your own, you don't need to prove your worth to God. Jesus died on a cross so that you could be free. All you need is love and intimacy with the Father. Nothing else can fill the brokenness and the void in your life. And everything else will lead you to slavery and bondage. Anything that has to do with the selfish flesh will lead you to bondage. But love and intimacy with the Father leads you to freedom. And so this love is not earned, it's not worked for, it's freely given by God. But what we do with this love, what Paul says is what we do with this love 
matters. It matters how we react to this freedom that God gives us. We can choose love and intimacy with the Father, which equals freedom. And we talked a little bit about how that works last week. We we can be spirit-filled, and we can be led by the Spirit, and we can be one with the Father, and we will experience freedom. Or we can choose to be living controlled by the flesh, by our own desires, by what we do, by ourselves, and that equals bondage. Now, now what Paul is saying in verse 13 is that since we were given freedom, we have to choose to live in that freedom. What Paul is saying is don't take the freedom that Christ offers us and throw it away for something that's bondage. He says choose freedom, choose life. Listen, I'll talk to you as Americans. Don't take the beauty of the freedom that our country offers us and use it to turn on each other and to hate each other. And now I'll talk to us as Christians. Don't use the freedom that Christ offers us to just jump back into the bondage of flesh, but be filled by the Spirit. The only way we can live in the freedom that God has given us is to be a people of love. If we embrace the Spirit-filled life and find our identity in Christ, we will be whole. But if we find our identity in the flesh and what we can do and what we can accomplish and what we want and desire in the things of life, we're going to be broken and we're going to be enslaved. Um, John Piper said it like this. He said, love is motivated by the joy of sharing our fullness, but the works of the flesh are motivated by the desire to fill our emptiness. Did you, did you hear what he said there? Love is motivated by the joy of sharing our fullness. In other words, when you know that God loves you, when you know that God offers you grace and freedom without you doing anything else and fulfills everything you ever needed, then you can love out of the joy of wanting to share that with others. But when you're living for the flesh, when you're being selfish, You're just trying to fulfill, you're trying to fill the gaps in your life with things that only lead to more bondage. Love should naturally flow out of us when we are free. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a friend or met somebody that it just seemed like they were just pouring themselves out for other people? Have you ever had a friend that it just seemed like they didn't need anything from you? They weren't out to get anything from you. They just wanted to be a friend and to love. Do you guys know anyone like that? I got a call this week. If you'll remember way back in like September, I talked about um, a couple of my friends, one that was kind of like the little devil on one shoulder and the other that was like the little angel. And they were trying to convince me to do one thing or the other. And, And the angel called me this week. His name's Kevin. And Kevin and I were friends in high school. His dad was a pastor in Nashville, and, um, and, and we were really good friends. But you know what I love about my relationship with Kevin? I have never once felt like Kevin was using me to gain something from me. Every time I've ever talked to Kevin, every time I've ever hung out with Kevin, it's been about building each other up. We used to do cool things like serving together and and going and building relationships with other people together. And I never once felt like Kevin was using me. I remember, I I wasn't going to share this story, but I will. I remember before my second year at Treveca, I came into Treveca with some, some credits. And so after my first year, I actually was a junior. And when you're a junior, you can live in the apartments, which is really cool. 
because you're not in the dorm anymore and you don't have someone watching you all the time. And so it was like the week before school, and they called me and said, we've got an apartment if you want it. And I had been scheduled to be in this room with, with six other guys in the dorm. And so I said, yeah, I want, an, I want an apartment to myself. And so when I went in the day before school started, I went into my suite, which is like four rooms that seven guys live in together. And I walked in and I told my friends, hey, I got an apartment. Good news. And, and there, were, there were two people there. There was the one on one shoulder. And then there was the one on the other, Kevin. And Kevin was excited for me. And Kevin was like, yeah, that's awesome, man. You got your own place. The other one, he was yelling at me. He was saying some words that we don't say in church. <laughs> he wasn't real thrilled for me. Why? Because he was more motivated by what got him ahead. He was more mad at me because it left him one, one person short in their room. But Kevin, in my relationship, I've never felt like Kevin was out for himself. He called me this week just out of the blue and said, man, I've just been thinking about you. And, and I just wanted to check and see how you're doing. And I mean, just talking to Kevin made my day so much better. Do you know somebody like that? Somebody that they, they just always are pouring themselves out? That's what we're called to be. If we're filled with the love and the freedom and the grace that God gives us, we should be spilling out love and grace and freedom to others. Listen, when people walk into the church, they shouldn't walk out feeling like we were using them or feeling like we were judging them. They should walk out thinking, man, there's something about those people. They've got it. Whatever it is, they've got it. We need to be oozing with God's love. Those are the people you wanna be around, right? Those are the friends that you try to surround yourself with, people that aren't gonna use you, but people that are gonna encourage you. We should all be that way. Well, the text moves on and it, it shows us two scenarios. And so we talked about Paul is talking to the people of Galatia who, who have been struggling with self-righteousness, with the idea that if they live perfect enough by the law, if they do enough good things, that God will love them and accept them. And in verse 14, he says this, and this is awesome. This is incredible. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Have you guys ever read the first five books of the Bible? Have you ever read the Torah and all the law that's contained in that? Can you imagine trying to live by every little law you see in the Bible? Now, sure, we want to be who God calls us to be, and we want to live by that, but can you imagine a legalistic lifestyle that says you, uh, one of the things says you can't walk more than like 60 paces on a Sunday, because that's, or on a Sabbath, because that's doing work. There, there's all these laws that are so intricate, and what Paul says here is, listen, the law is great, but the whole law can be summed up in one thing, love your neighbor as yourself. If you remember back to our last series, we talked about our family business, and what did we say? It all boils down to love God, love others, and make disciples. That's what it's all about. That's what the Bible is all about. Love God, love others, make disciples. Yes, there are rules. Yes, there is law. That's good law. It's not bad, but it's all about loving God, loving others, and making disciples. 
all of the law, all of the teachings, all of the scripture you can read, all of our rules in the church, all of the movements in the church, all of our studies can be boiled down to one thing, love. Love God, love others, make disciples. And if we get that part right, the law and the rules, they're going to follow One of the things I read this week said, law comes to its fullest expectation of being lived out through the indwelling of Christ's love. Law comes to its fullest expectation of being lived out. In other words, the the way that the law is meant to be is lived out when Christ lives in us. Do you know what it didn't say? It didn't say when you go to Sunday school every week. It didn't say when you obey the Sabbath every week. It didn't say when, when you pray at the altar every Sunday. It didn't say when you go and talk to your neighbor every day about Jesus. Those are all great things. There's nothing wrong with them. We should do those things. But it's about loving God. It's about loving others. It's about making disciples. And and so Jesus said that there was a law, and what Paul is saying is that that if we will just love God, love others, make disciples, all of the law falls into place. You could live by every single rule the church and church history, the Bible is all about, but if you don't have love, you're missing it. If you have love, if you have Christ dwelling in you, That's the perfect fulfillment of the law. Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law. So it moves on and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. What does that look like? Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that look like to you? Can we we be honest about something this morning? We love ourselves, don't we? Like you kind of love yourself. Give yourself a little hug. You love yourself. I mean, you love to take care of yourself, right? When you're really hungry, what do you do? You eat. When you're really thirsty, when you've been working hard and it's a hot day, what do you do? You just yearn for that drink of water and you don't deny yourself that, right? You take care of yourself because you love yourself. Even if you struggle with self-esteem or with issues, you really love yourself. You take care of yourself all the time. Last night, I walked in, I had been hanging out with some guys, and then I came up here and was just um, practicing through things, and I walked into my house, and Megan's birthday was on, what day was that, Megan? Friday? It was on Friday. It was on the 30th, I knew the day, come on, I, I just got confused. And so Friday was Megan's birthday, and we got a cookie cake from the Great American Cookie Country, or co- Company, whatever that's called. This big cookie cake with a bunch of icing, and I walked in, I'd already eaten dinner, I was fine, and I walked by the stove, and there's that box of cookie cake with icing. And you know what I did? I got myself a good piece of cookie cake, because I love eating good things. I love taking care of myself. You love getting nice things, don't you? I mean, sure, it's great to give to other people, but it's pretty nice to get something nice, right? We love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. Let me ask you a question. Do we love our neighbor and take care of our neighbor the same way that we take care of ourselves? 
As I was studying for this, and, and one of the things I read obviously was by John Piper, and he put this in a way that, that just kind of like changed the way I looked at it. He said, when you're hungry and you just want something to eat, and you, when you see that cookie cake and you say, I gotta have that cookie cake, or when you're just super hungry and you just yearn to fill your belly and you're gonna take care of yourself, right? Do you feel that same way when somebody in your community is hungry and hurting and needing food? Do you want to feed the people around you as much as you want to feed yourself? When you're thirsty, you get water, right? You make sure you take care of yourself. Do you feel the same way about the millions of people around the world that don't have water, that are dying from thirst? You, you want to take care of yourself. You, you, uh, you, I want my children, this is a big one for me, I want my children to grow up and be loved and have a family and a support system that they grow up and they have everything they ever needed. And you're the same way, right? Does it break your heart that there are children in our community just in any direction of the church that don't have that? Do you want so badly to give that to other people as much as you do yourself? We're all in church today. We're all feeling pretty good, right? Like, we got Jesus. Yeah, we got freedom. Let me ask you a question. Do you want that freedom and that wholeness and that love just as much for the people across the street at Target or Chick-fil-A or wherever as you do for yourself? Do you really love your neighbor as yourself? I'm going to guess most of us would say, yeah, I love my neighbor. Yeah, that's cool. I want to take care of my neighbor. Sure. But when the rubber meets the road, are we really loving our neighbor the way we love ourselves? Are we really taking care of the people around us the way we take care of ourselves? If we truly have all we need in Jesus, we need to be pouring that out to others. I don't know about you, but there is plenty in my life that is excess, that is more than I need. I, I need Jesus. I need the love of Jesus. I don't need fancy things. I don't, I don't need power. I don't need authority. I don't need, I don't need people's respect or anything like that. I need Jesus. But I want that for others. I want that for our church. I want that for the average person that's driving by our church right now. We need to spill out the love that God has for us to others. And so one side is this, the whole law, all of this that we do boils down to one thing, love. The other side of it is this, verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The opposite of loving each other, the opposite of being spirit-filled and free is being selfish and controlled by the flesh. And what Paul says is if you're selfish and controlled by the flesh, if you're using other people, if you're stepping on other people to get what you want, you will bite each other, you will destroy each other. It'll all be over. You're not going to get what you really want in the end. You're going to get destruction. We started by looking at the church. And we talked about church splits and brokenness, and we talked about people that have been pushed away. We talked about fractured relationships in the church. If we get caught up in our selfishness, whether it's thinking we're good enough on our own, whether it's thinking that we need our way, whether it's thinking that we can earn God's love, if we get caught up in that stuff, it will destroy us. 
Let me take a second and say this. I love this church. It's a really good church. You guys are all really good people. I can honestly say right now that there is nobody in this church that I can't stand. You guys are all good people. You love other people. But I need to be really, I need to be really direct with you this morning and say that just because we're a good church and just because you're good people doesn't mean we're immune to living the wrong way. It doesn't mean we're immune to selfishness. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in this church and how many good things you've done and how many times you've checked the Sunday school box, if you're not loving others, if you're living selfishly, it will destroy us. And so I want to take a second as we, as we get ready to close, and I want to ask you some questions. I want to get really personal with you, and I want you to think about yourself. I want you to think about your own life and what this freedom is all about. And I want you to ask yourself, am I living in the freedom of God's love that is offered to me? My first question is this, are you living out of the fullness of God's Spirit? Do you have everything you need in God's grace and God's love? And is that pouring out of you? Are you the kind of person that people say, man, they've got it right. There's something about them. I just want to be around them because God's love is spilling out of them. Are you giving out of that fullness and out of that experience to make the community and the people around you better? Are you filled with God's love? Is it overflowing are you serving and loving the community? And then I want to get really personal with you. Is there anyone in your life, whether it's in your family, whether it's in the church, whether it's at work, is there anybody in your life that you're at odds with? Because here's the thing, church. If we're going to live in the freedom that God offers us, if we're going to be the church that God calls us to be, we need to be loving each other we need to be right in relationship with each other. The freedom that God offers us is not about division and brokenness. It's about peace and love. And so is there any relationship in your life, no matter where it is, that's been broken because of selfishness, because of wanting to do things your own way or wanting to get your way? If that's the case, you got to make it right. We can't be who God calls us to be. We can't live in the freedom that God offers us if we're not living a life of love to one another. And one of the biggest tragedies is when this place, just like when America gets it wrong and the, the land of the free becomes a land of, of bickering, when we get this wrong in the church, it's one of the saddest things in the world. This should be a place of love and of peace. And so this morning, I want to ask you, are you full of God's spirit? Are you full of God's love? Are you free today? And are you living out of that freedom and loving and serving the people around you? As we close, the band's going to come up, and um, we are going to, in response, we're going to take communion together. And in communion... We celebrate the love of Christ. This is just what we've been talking about this whole series. In communion, we celebrate the freedom that we have because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on a cross. Listen to this part. Even when we didn't deserve it. 
Even when we were wrong, even when we were broken, this isn't something that you've earned. You weren't good enough to get it. Jesus freely offered it on the cross for you. Today, as we celebrate communion, we celebrate that Jesus is all we need. We celebrate that the freedom that God offers us is found in the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. But, but it's more than that today. As we take these elements, we're not just celebrating our own freedom, but we're being called to sacrifice. We're being called to be a people of love and service to others. We're being called to be a people that love God and love others and make disciples. We're being called to pour out the love that God gives us, the freedom that God gives us into the world around us. And so today it's a call for us to be a people of love a people that serves one another, a people at peace with one another. And it's a call for us to spread the freedom that God gives us to the people around us. And so as the ushers come and as they pass out the communion elements, I want you to think about your own life and think about, am I living free? Not am I a good church member, not have I done all of the right things and checked off all the right boxes this week, but am I living free because God's sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is enough for me and I just wanna pour that out on the people around me. As you, as you get the elements this morning, be praying, Lord, show me areas of my life that aren't free. Take away my selfishness, help me to pour myself out for you. Father, as, as we get these elements, I just pray that you would work in our hearts. I pray that you would continue to shape us and mold us into people that are free. We love you, Lord. Well, in Luke chapter 22, we read that when Jesus was sitting with his disciples, it says in verse 19, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in the remembrance of of me, this, the sacrifice that Christ made is why we are free today. So take and eat and know that you have freedom in Christ. And then in verse 20, it goes on and it says, in the same way after the supper he took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. As we take and drink this, we are free, but the covenant that Jesus made with his disciples that night and makes with us is a covenant that we will join and we will be a people that pour our lives out for others the way that Jesus poured his life out for us. And so as you take and drink, offer yourself to Christ as an instrument of love. And now as you get ready, go and know that love is all you need. Go love and go serve each other in the community around you, and let's be a people of love. Have a great weekend.